When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that has long said Edinburgh is a dangerous place for people from civilization. This week on Heart and Hand, what do you mean? Who the fuck are you? It's me. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar, and yes, I am back after several weeks gallivanting uh, across the world to New Zealand and to Australia for Orsa, but I have returned, and uh, joining me tonight is the man who kept the Heart and Hand fire burning, Mr. Ian Hogg. Good evening, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you're back. I can now get back to my day job and actually get paid. Yes, uh, you've, you've done this for the love of... And uh, it's very much appreciated, not just by me, but of course by everyone on Heart and Hand, uh, both the the flagship show and the Patreon site. And joining me uh, to to make up the menage a trois, as it were, is uh, our colleague from the Ek Era and Advocate Years show over on Patreon, Mr Stuart McCall. Good evening, young man. All right, mate. Um, I had a week off when you were away in Australia, so I was quite happy. I got a wee free week, but back to business now. Yeah, back to, to hard work and uh, back to Stuart does the research. If you're on Patreon, you'll know the shows we mean. Uh, if not, Stuart's our, our researcher and young gun questioner for two shows where we look at uh, every single match, every single month of the Dick Advocate reign. Uh, 38 episodes in total, and then we moved on to the Ek era, and we are 18 months in on that one. But we are here to talk about uh, events that are a lot more current and we'll start off in Edinburgh on Friday night or in Leith to be more specific. Uh, Rangers took on Hibs and before we get into the match, then the, the incident which I suppose belatedly got headlines in Scotland uh, after being treated with the usual way that a Rangers story is treated, or a, a non-negative Rangers story is treated in Scotland, i.e. with suspicion. And that was when James Tavernier was attacked by a fan running onto the park. Now, I've seen some some people try to play this down saying the fan was only trying to kick the ball hoggy, as if that's somehow uh, an excuse for it. Now, it seemed to get Bro, it seemed to be that the Jack Grealish incident in the Birmingham derby, followed by the Chris Smalling incident in the Arsenal-Manchester United match, uh, made even some Scottish commentators who dislike us intensely realise that they couldn't swerve this or laugh it off, which is the usual MO when it comes to an incident with the Rangers. But there's no defence of this because, quite simply, he was only trying to kick the ball. I don't care if he was only running on to try and give Tab a cuddle. There's a, a tacit understanding, not even tacit, it's explicit understanding that we all have as match day attenders of football matches and have had for years. We don't go on the pitch. End of story. So there's there's no defence as far as I can see for this. Only, I think this stems back, David, to that 2016 Cup final where Rod Petrie 
Hibs chairman and former chief exec, who incidentally is on the main board of the SFA as a Scottish FA office bearer. He's also the chair of the professional game board. Yep, the chair. Um, And he's a member of the non-professional games board. And 2016, after... You know, you can speculate, but certainly it was between ten and 15,000 Hibs fans ran onto the park. A lot of them to have fun and have a good time, but a lot went on with the intent to harm players and to incite Rangers fans. What happened? Rod Petrie, SFA, uh, called it exuberance. And the SFA, where Mr Petrie, as I say, sits on three boards, brought three charges against Hibs. And of course Rangers, because we had about 100 punters in the park and we... We know the aftermath and we know how it was reported. It was it was largely big, bad Rangers' fault. Um, in that case against Hibs, the SFA's review panel, to review the ruling of the SFA, that's how fucking crazy it is, um, the chair's notes of reason on the decision to dismiss completely the case against Hibs began with the statement, the panel unanimously dismissed the complaint as irrelevant. So 15,000 invading the pitch with some, a fair amount, antagonising players and wanting, fight, wanting fights with Rangers fans is irrelevant. So Rod's boys brought the charges and then Rod's boys dismissed them because exuberance in that. So what do you get when you laugh off such an outcome back, you know, two and a half, two and three quarter years ago? You get wankers within the support that think that throwing glass bottles at Scott Sinclair is fair game. It's not. And guess what? Hibs, T- Hibs CCTV wasn't even up to the job of identifying said wanker. And then you get Friday night. James Tavenier is fair game for some idiot running onto the pitch, pushing and attempting to kick our captain, who rightly pushed him away. So then you had the reporting of it. Some reported it well. Others, not so well. BBC, for example, used words like, he came on to confront the Rangers captain, and the pair laid hands on each other. They yeah, the, e- the editorially fair BBC, who are always editorially fair, had to apologise <laughs> to Rangers again. They did. They deleted it. They then, of course, used those same words in the body of the text. And only when Jack Grealish of Aston Villa was attacked from behind in the Birmingham Derby did Neil Doncaster decide to say anything. As well as the Justice Minister for the Scottish Government, whom uh, whom's a uh, Yusuf? Only after commenting on Twitter on Grealish and how bad it was, then realised you can almost you can almost read the kind of in between, saying, "Oh shit, I better say something about the Huns." It was it, it was a cowardly attack. It's happening far too often at Easter Road. Personal opinion is Hibs should be dot points or they should have stands closed because it is happening too often. Of course. The, the, the narrative in Scotland is, aye, but 100 Rangers fans sang naughty words. Mm. This this is folk getting assaulted. Or, you know, take the Scots Sinclair. That's a glass bottle. That hits him. That, that's serious bother. Um, I'd also say, um, David, that I was less than impressed with Rangers saying absolutely nothing as well. Compare and contrast that to Aston Villa, you know, moments after that game finished. Yeah, I... I, Stuart, when we do these shows, then I know sometimes people feel that we maybe agree with each other a bit too often. And partially that's because, as I've said before, we will never be controversial for the sake of it. We'll never sit down before it and say, right, you say this and we'll say that because that's a bit shock jock. That's a bit Chris Sutton. That's not the way I want to do the show. Uh, and I do agree 100% with Hoggy. Hibs were emboldened by, or Hibs fans rather, were emboldened by the 2016 Scottish Cup final, where there was virtually no comeback. A few of the people on the park had done nothing, you know, nothing too major. There was no sanction against them as a club. And to see, as Rangers fans put this theory forward, which, as I say, I I just personally think is unarguable. Hibs fans were told in 2016, it doesn't really matter, there might be a couple of days of a storm, but then it will pass that uh, they have an element of their fans, and this is nothing new, Hibs have always had uh, a, a, an element of their support who take pride uh, in, in being hooligans. I mean, it goes back to the whole, you just need to read Irvin Welsh, his kind of football hooligan porn that, that he's written throughout his career, to see that, that they're quite proud of having this element in their support. And 
some journalists say, oh, it, we did criticise after 2016. Well, you maybe did for a day or two, maybe, and some of you certainly did not. But it passed, and soon it was Big Bad Rangers' fault. We all remember the Jane Hamilton stories in the Daily Record, completely made up about Rangers fans using their children as barriers to stop the cops getting there. Um, that was just complete bollocks. And we were looking at that. The 2016 Scottish Cup final was one of the major events in Scottish football, right up there with something like the 1980 Cup final, but was never treated that way. And I don't think you can be surprised, Stuart, that fans who did that, got away with it, got it written off as a bit of banter, as a bit of exuberance by their chief executive. We can't be surprised that they then think, oh, it's okay to act like that then. No, I think when you look back over the last few weeks, you know, specifically the the, the song directed towards Steve Clark, I mean, you, you can't really compare singing a song to attacking a player or attacking or throw, trying to hit a player. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the Hibs fans are I'm right in saying the the Hearts goalkeeper get punched. I think it was in about October, November time um, this season. So it's not just a one-off incident. It's it's happening. And look, there's 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 morons throughout society, um, but this is continual, and I don't think it will stop unless there are sanctions put in place. Um, but again, is that is that going to happen? I doubt it. I think if it had been a Rangers fan attacking a Hibs player or a ball getting thrown from the Copeland Road end at Ibrooks, it would be highlighted a lot more. And that's a sad thing. Sure, sure sorry, there'd be a bloody government summit going on right now. That's what I mean. It's predictable. We all know that, but so there's no, you, you know how it'd be written, you know who'd be out talking about it right away. But when it's other clubs, they, they don't want to know. They, they, they'd rather, and that's been proved over the weekend. Yeah, and again, we're getting plenty of tough talk. I can't help but be cynical and think that there'll be very little action taken because this is not new. This goes back to Motherwell. Lee McCulloch was uh, assaulted by a fan there. Nothing done, nothing written really about it, nothing said because, oh, a Rangers player at the time, Bill Mosney, punched Lee Irwin after Lee Irwin ran up and shoved him from behind. That That's never really referenced. And that was the story, and nobody, nobody cared. But... Hoggy, to your point, I think that you're absolutely right. If you look at Aston Villa, they had the response ready to go straight away. And Rangers still haven't commented a few days later. This is the kind of situation that Rangers need to wade, wade into. And I'm not normally one who, or I'm not always one, rather, who says the club need to fight every single incident. But this is a major incident. This was our captain being assaulted on live TV in front of the nation on a Friday night. Again, to you know, just not even three years after the, the the Scottish Cup final, he was there that day. James Tavernier, he knows what it's like at Hibs. The club should have been all over this, in my opinion. Yeah, they should have been, and um, you know, I, I will compare it to Aston Villa because it's a it, it's the, the the most recent comparison. Um, Aston Villa were ready to go. Birmingham City put out a fairly I thought, bland statement. I will give Liam Dempster um, some praise, David, because, you know, she could have she could have hid behind a statement like Birmingham City did. She fronted up the cameras and I thought she, she actually talked very well. She's now got to carry that through in actions, of course. Our club, I want our club to defend their fans and defend their players when it's defensible. Um, and... You're you're right that we cannot possibly pick every single fight. We cannot go into battle on every single thing. You've got to pick and choose them. Otherwise, there is a bit of cry-wolf syndrome. This was our player getting attacked at an opposition's ground. Attacked and, you know, you, you, you hear the shock stuff around, you know, he could have had a knife, he could have had whatever. This, as you say, is a support that prides themselves in their hooligan element. Um, he could have had whatever. He could have had a bottle. You know, there was one went that Scott Sinclair, as I say. Um, for me, the and- concern for me the concern isn't that uh, I, I, I'm like you. I try to avoid the whole sensationalising and. Uh, he could have, he could have, he could have. You can do that with anything. However, what we're seeing at Hibs is a pattern of increasingly worse fan behaviour. 
uh, or certainly a continuing partner. So the idea that next time he could have a knife isn't, I don't, I don't think, ridiculous because we see with him a spiralling pattern that it's getting worse. So, of course, that's the logical next step, that next time he's got a key uh, and he goes to punch James or whatever. We have to understand that people who are doing this have lost the plot completely because they are aware, they have to be, surely, that you're going to get lifted, you're going to get in, in bother for it. And they don't care because they don't think the sanction is going to be that significant, that uh, they think that they'll get a slap on the wrist, maybe a ban in order that they'll get round and that'll be it. What needs to happen here? Now, I know that the, the Hibs uh, uh, supporter in question claimed that, uh, has admitted this and uh, he's been given a football banning order and he's also been uh, sentenced and has been suspended. He'll be sentenced in April. A very strong message has to go out here because... Otherwise, we're just going to continually get this because fans are going to think, ah, fuck it. In that moment of madness, there's no deterrent. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure we've we've all been at a point at football, David, where we've had a good bevy, we're a bit riled. Never once has it entered my psyche to say, do you know what? I'm going yeah. to run into that Same. park and he's getting it. Um, never, never once... And you've seen you've seen the nick of me at some games, right? Mm. So, um, but never once has that entered my psyche. So, therefore, unfortunately for that young guy, he's got to get a tough punishment. And I do think Hibs need to face proper proper sanction. Otherwise, it's going to happen again. I remember the bad old days of um, the eighties. Um, I remember the the reports at the Hibs Celtic game of the Hibs fans setting off CS gas. In, in the Celtic end. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, back then it was roundly laughed at, and then Rangers went a few weeks later, and it was all hell would break loose all the time. And it feels as if at Easter Road that's what we're getting back to. Yeah, but with that, I, I mean, I don't want to see you know cages and fences returning to football, which you know that there's going to be some politicians especially getting erections about the chance to look tough on law and order. There are existing punishments available. Use them. Stop just talking about it and stop just slaps on wrist. It's time to take action against these guys. But uh, we'll see what comes of it moving forward. Well, to the game itself, Stuart, oh, this was a season in a microcosm, was it not? Um, I thought in the first half, Rangers were absolutely brilliant. The only concern was that we just didn't finish our chances. Second half, though, completely almost ran out of steam completely. Um, you just sensed that the equaliser was coming, sure as fate it did, and in the end we were kind of holding on a little bit for the point. Let's talk about Rangers from a football point of view. We will, unfortunately, for those who don't like us talking about rest, we're going to have to because it was a, a refereed performance of such staggering ineptitude from Stephen McLean that we can't let it go without comment. But... Your feelings overall on the performance from Rangers and the, the kind of two faces of, of this Rangers team that we saw. You hit the nail on the head. That summed up our season in 90 minutes because tactically, I thought we were brilliant. I thought we had the number um, from minute one. I think Kamara has added so much to our midfield. He he just gives, he just pushes the rest of the players on, I think. Um, and then Kent was causing problems. Kandace was causing problems. Morelos was, you know, Given their defenders an absolute nightmare, but it was really a carbon copy in the first half of the the game back in December. It was. I, we just couldn't score, um, and they they done well. The Hibs defensively like had a few good few blocks, a couple of good saves with the goalkeeper, um, and thankfully we get the goal. And at half time, I, I remember thinking we, we need to go and get this early because if we don't, then I've seen the other side to it, and I could just sense his reverting further back and further back. And the, also the sucker punch. Hibs didn't create a lot, but we just didn't. I, I don't know what our, our tactics were in the second half. I don't know if we were told to try and keep this or go and get the other. It was sort of in between, um, and nobody looked comfortable compared to the first half. So, oh, um, hugely disappointing, but it's just a barometer of where we are right now, I think. As Stuart says, Hoggy, I 
I think that sometimes we do get caught between two. I think mentally sometimes we cause ourselves our own problems. And that the other night for me was a, a, an example of that because I was spent, you know, the whole first half like anybody else thinking, oh God, this is this is December again. This is all oh, we've seen this. And then we got the goal and what a goal it was. Daniel Kandias, absolutely beautiful finish. And I thought, right, that's the script changed. Now we'll come out in the second half. And I thought we'd win by two or three. I really did. I didn't see that one coming, which is odd because I should have. Um, and as Stuart says, what to me happens is that they started to, for, to, to simplify it to, to very basic level, to overthink it, that they began to think, all right, okay, well, we've got one. And it was almost like they got caught between stick or twist. Yeah, I, I, my, my theory on the team is that they can go out all guns blazing in the first half and even go ahead. And then they almost psych themselves, or, or you know, they, they overthink. That's a good a good way of putting it. Or they start to treat teams like Real Madrid, um, and they drop back, and we have less of the ball, and that's exactly what happened on Friday night. And then they end up we were hanging on for dear life in a game where we should have been five or six up. Had it been 5-0 at half-time, it wouldn't have flattered us at all. We must have had about 147 shots in goal in the first half. Um, a lot of them blocked. A lot of them we were going straight down the throat of the goalie, if you like, straight down the middle when, had it either side, it's a goal. Um, we're talking Kent, Candeus, Arfield and Morelos. They they could all have scored uh, more, plus Candeus' goal. 5-0 would not have flattered us. We were, we were that good in the first half. And the second half, we just almost um, almost started just to, after about an hour, started to play within ourselves and let Hibs come back into it. I don't think we were knackered. I think we were just starting to, it was, as you say, that sticker twist and, and overthinking it. And we really did start treating them like Real Madrid. We were standing off, we were letting them have the ball and letting them play in front of us. And Hibs must have thought all the Christmases had, had come at once, uh, David. Yeah, and I, I think that they just gradually, having had such a trousering, that they, they gradually just thought, oh, hang on, we're still in this. And then human nature kicks in. Rangers did get nervous. You could see it. Um, and our performance just really stopped. Stuart, how do you address this? I mean, it, like everyone knows, huge fan of the gaffer that I am, but I, I do worry sometimes with things like substitutions, he can be a bit too conservative with a small C. I, I think that he can himself get a little bit caught up in what we have we hold, and I'm not sure that the team's good enough to do this at the moment. And I, and I suppose that's surprising given the type of player that he was himself, that you maybe think that he wouldn't necessarily be that. He'd be saying, I'm going to get the victory here, because quite often... Uh, more than more than a few times now, the team has done this. Where after dominating a match, and they're clearly the better side, that they almost allow themselves to fall out of the game and just hand the initiative over to the opposition. I've noticed a few times this season, and in particular on Friday night, I, I feel since the start of the sort of season, we, we've always looked more comfortable when we're on the counter attack since Europe and getting that goal ahead. I don't know if it's in their minds, in the manager's mind, that they're going to come out now and we'll, we'll get them on the counter and we feel more comfortable. But when players are getting space, they weren't doing much with it. So I think, I personally think it's a mentality thing. These players have shown, it's not like the Warburton era in the first season back or Cachinha, where they just don't have the ability. These players have the ability. They, they can do it. They've proven they can do it. But for some reason, and I don't know, can't put my finger on it, it takes a little knock or it takes a, a change in the swing of the game and their mentality can just go. And that's his job to to manage that. That's what he's getting paid for. Um, but it's happening all too often. That's why I think you know, we beat Dundee at home, we beat Kilmarnock at home, the game's comfortable and we look a good team. But when it's not as comfortable and you have to go out with that zone, we we just look unsure of ourselves. We take that extra touch. And um, yeah, it's his job. It's a hard one because I think we'll get a reaction tomorrow, for example, after a poor result, we always seem to get a reaction but when it's on the onus on us to go and finish a game off at a hard venue, but we're coming up a wee bit short at times I think that the amount of draws Hoggy, to me, indicate that when teams are in transition from being let's be honest, a joke, which is what Rangers were um, 
this can happen frustratingly where we are a better side than Hibs. We can see that. But we don't quite have the self-belief at times to go on and get the results. And we've had far too many draws this season. That, that's what's bugger does this year. Not, not defeats, it's been the draws. Um, and stupid draws that we should have won. We played him three times. We should we should have nine points. We've got three. And by the way, I'm not saying that it's 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 unfair that we've got three. I'm just saying that we had the opportunity and the performance to have nine points from these matches, and we haven't been able to get over the line once. And that to me isn't ability because Rangers have dominated two and a half of these matches. It's that we simply. In, a, in our game management, we if we don't get two goals ahead, then doubts creep in. And when doubts creep in, team can sense that vulnerability that comes from a side who haven't quite got the experience in the bag and haven't quite got the record of achievement behind them that says, no, it's all right, we know how to handle this in the way that a Walter team was fantastic at doing. And instead... It's almost like sometimes the players think something bad's going to happen and then it happens and they go, Shan, you that was going to happen. Yeah, it's mentality and it's experience, both of the squad and of the management team, incidentally. Um, because, you know, like it or not, rookie managers make seemingly basic mistakes. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll commit the ultimate sacrilege here, David, and say, Graham Soonis did it in his first season. You know, we, we lost a lot of daft points in that first season. Just so happened that there were three, four, maybe even five very, very good sides and we all took points off each other. So therefore, um, you know, the the we can almost history discounts some of those daft drop points um in that first season. Gerard's doing the same and he needs to address that. He needs to realise, I think, that um, we don't need to treat Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts, etc. like Real Madrid. Um, and it's something, you know, I've talked about it all season. And it's it's pissed me off just about my entire life when we treat lesser teams. And uh, I was going to say, with, with all due respect, but there's no respect whatsoever for me. Um, we, we should not be treating these teams in the way that we do. And that will come from the management team, but it also has to come from the players. They need to learn that as well. You've said it yourself. There's three Hibs games where we've dominated the games and we should have three wins. That would put us two points behind uh, Celtic. But there's been so many other examples um, that we, we, we are continually, and we will talk about the refs, and I know a lot of people think this is all on the refs, but let, let's be fair. We can, we've continually shot ourselves in the foot and we, we should be in a far, far healthier position, David, than we are. Yeah, and uh, I mean, the positive, Stuart, you, you mentioned Glenn Kamara again, just looks, he's been there for his whole career, he's been superb so far and I do think he, he allows other, other people to play. The concern I have is that, you know, Kent, doesn't get enough goals. He played well at times in the match, but he needs to, to chip in a bit more. And, and unfortunately, um, Scott Arfield's finishing the last few weeks. Maybe he's carrying an injury, I don't know, but it's it's been dire. And I know the manager bristles at this, but we are over-reliant on Alfie for goals. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, we'll come on and also speak about the Aberdeen game, but Kent's a, a brilliant player, and I would pay... Money to get him in the summer or get him back in loan because he's he's got unbelievable talent. But in terms of numbers, I, I think I read a stat that Kent Candace and Arfield have got around about twenty goals between them this season. Um, it's not enough when you're playing that formation. I, I, I've suggested sort of if we could bring a sort of Lafferty or Defoe in and put Kent in the number ten role before, just to give us that extra edge because you're not going to get a lot off him in terms of goals. Um, and when you're not when it, nobody else apart from Morelos is scoring, you need your attackers, your number ten, to be contributing. So maybe a wee change in position would be would be my thoughts on it. Um, but listen, he's a he's a top quality player, and it gives us so much. So mm. 
don't want to criticise him too much. Yeah, I don't, I, I, it's difficult, that's the thing, because he did, he did, he played well, and it's difficult to criticise I think that's probably one of the main reasons for my frustration and, and for the frustration of the fans, is that we are decent. We can see that, you know. I don't think anyone would pretend we're world beaters, but we're a good side, and especially when we're playing well, and you think, wow, right, here we go. It's just every so often, you know, you get these errors or these performances and mistakes and it costs us points. But it wasn't the only thing that cost us points. Um, a truly shocking refereeing performance, Hoggy, from someone who isn't good enough to be a grade one referee. Um, yes, I, I was talking to, I was in Edinburgh today for my sins. Um and I was talking to, get this, a Hibernian supporter amateur referee. Um, and he was thanking his lucky stars that his team got a point. He thought we were by far, in, a, in, in his words, far and away the better team for an hour. Um, and he absolutely slated the referee because this guy... And I've known him for a couple of years now. This guy is is actually quite rounded <laughs> for a, for a Hibs fan. For a Hibs fan, yeah. Yeah, uh, but he's he's quite rounded because he can look at the game in a kind of dispassionate way. Um, and he said, "Do you know what, Darren McGregor? He thought maybe a little soft, but it should have been a red card. He thought David Gray should have gone for his tackle on Alfredo Morelos. He thought Alfredo Morelos." was onside and therefore when he was then cleaned out by David Gray in the penalty area it was a penalty um, and he thought that in the lead up to the Hibs goal it was a foul so um, he's as I say he's thanking his lucky stars there's a Hibs supporter who's also an amateur referee David I could I could I suppose Stuart see why McGregor stayed on okay I could right um I can see why it was a red card, but I can see why a ref would give it. I can't understand how Gray stayed on the park. That's a red card tackle in any other game of football in the UK. Played over the weekend. It's a stonewall red card. He should have been off the park. Uh, he also had other fouls, never mind um, just to pick up one yellow card. And then the Morelos penalty incident was just appalling. Yeah, For me, I think we spoke about this in the pod before. Like you, you say things about the worst thing you can do in a football field, but and you hear a cynical, cynical fouls. I think a cynical fouls if somebody's getting away and you pull them back. When David Gray goes through to take Morelos's legs out, there's a potential to injure that guy for a number of months. That's his profession. So when you're going out to actively injure somebody because that's the ball was gone, he was away. You get. I think that's the worst thing you can do in a football field as a player. Um, so yeah. yeah I, I, you're spot on. I remember people saying things like, um, a spitting's the worst thing you can do at somebody. And having had somebody go through my Achilles once, uh, I can assure you I'd rather somebody had spat at me than yeah, done it, that. That's what I mean. It, it's a blatant red card, and I don't know why the ref thought oh, it's, it's a bit cynical. It's not cynical. It's not. And again, we'll have the argument if it's the other way around, it goes off the pitch. Morelos. Oh, yeah. Look, uh, and I know that, that some people get a bit annoyed about us bringing this up, but there's just no way you can look at this whole game and say that Morelos gets refereed to the same standard. Um, you can be kind and say his reputation goes before him or whatever, a, a, a reputation created in no small part by the media in Scotland. But fouls that are getting the last two matches, you just need to sit and watch. Any neutral would say, well, hang on a minute here. The say, something can happen to him and he won't get a foul. If he does a version of it, never mind the serious he gets pulled up for it constantly. And some of the tackling that is allowed on him is, as Stuart said, is a joke. It's, it, it's, if, it, if not designed to injure him, then it's certainly with the thought that if he gets injured, oh well. Yeah, it's, um, you know, Gray's challenge is reckless uh, and it's out of control. It, you know, it's, it's not as if he's going, you know, knee high on him. But he's off the ground, it's reckless and he's out of control. It's a red card every single day of the week. Um, the the fouls that Morelos is getting booked for, and we're not talking about his fourth or fifth foul, it's maybe his first or second in the game, it's niggly wee things. And the referees are taking great delight in, in booking him, as are the opposition supporters. Um, but you can... 
my 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 only thought, David, is that when it comes to Hibs against Rangers, referees must maybe think, well, Scott Allen stayed on the park for that tackle against Jordan Roster at the end of last season, so it wasn't as bad as that. So maybe it's okay. It's it's a shocker, and Stephen, you know, Stephen McLean must surely look at that in the cold light of day and go, oh, do you know what, I fucked up there. Um, but well, you, you would just, think that, but then it you, never, you just it never writes. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. you just know he's not. I, that, that's the thing. You would think that he would watch the game back and go, "Oh Christ, look, look, look I know what I'm doing here. Obviously, you know, I, I'm trying to keep guys in the park, and maybe I shouldn't be, etc." But it never writes with Stephen McLean, and look, Stephen McLean is not a Rangers hater. Okay, um, you know, his family background, etc. He's not. He just he isn't. But he tries too hard, Stuart. To yeah, he tries too hard, I think, to show that he's not pro Rangers, and in the end, uh, he might as well be, you know, a member of the fucking Green Brigade for all the fairness he shows us. The, re- the referee to how the game's going, and the referee to what the crowd does, and look, we, uh, another point is, it's, it's, I think it's a problem in Scottish football. I, I seen a picture the other day of, of, of a Hibs player, the centre half, holding up a, a painting of. Him standing over Morelos after he after he tackled him in the last game there. Um, the Hibs beat Celtic to start uh, just a few days before then, and he was playing that day. That guy, I don't understand why he's not got a painting of when they beat Celtic and a victory rather than a nil nil draw with Rangers when he's standing over our striker. And then you look at the David Gray challenge and you see the Hibs fans in the back celebrating as if they'd scored with the tackle. That yeah. that's the mentality problem. It's 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 sad. Um, but in this in this uh, country in football, that that's what it is. That you big, loud, hard tackle, and you're you're lauded or just been big and strong. But Morelos, if he does the elbow that McGregor does, off the pitch, and he's in the front of the papers on Saturday morning. David, when you're you know the the referee was that bad that Chris Sutton was sticking up for Rangers. <laughs> you know you 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 know it's absolutely blatant when that's the case. Yes, exactly. Um... And that leads us then on to our next match. Uh, you know, like all the cup matches because of our league position have taken on a new significant. Uh, the winner of this replay will play Celtic in a semi-final at Hamden. And we take Aberdeen on for the sixth time this season. We've got another one to look forward to. Woohoo. But uh, we don't have a good a good record overall against Aberdeen. I think some of our worst performances of the season have come against them. And it's a match we absolutely need to win, Stuart. Just no ifs, no buts. There's no, there's nothing that you can do to contextualise it in any other way. That Rangers simply have to knock Aberdeen out and go on to that semi-final. Yeah, must win. Um, that I feel about it. Let's get that big night at Ibrooks feel. Um, I'm I'm really nervous about it because we've not played too well against them this season. I don't think at any point for sustained pressure. Also, we beat them up there that we played okay in the first half. But you, uh, you know they're going to come in and I think they'll sit in for as long as they can. Um, and I hope we've got something up our sleeve differently because we've lowered ourselves to their level um, and get dragged into a battle for the last few times. And I hope that we can just go out and play them off the pitch, big pitch big atmosphere um, and a big night and I really hope that we can come up with something a bit different and take our chances <laughs> Stuart's spot on for me there Hoggy and what he says about Rangers have allowed ourselves to be sucked in to playing Aberdeen's game far too often this season you know how Aberdeen are going to play they're defensive, they're a long ball side I'm not knocking it by the way if, if it works for them so fair enough but they are they commit niggly fouls, they drop if anyone comes near them, and far too often this season Rangers have got frustrated and got caught up in that game that becomes bitty and fractured. Rangers can't get any passages of play going, it suits Aberdeen, and you can point to four or five occasions this season where, uh, yeah, we've done that, and it doesn't work. We get sucked in continually by them. Um, I'll go back to what I said earlier, David. Far too often we treat teams with respect that we would give to Real Madrid. Aberdeen is one of those. It's almost as if the players have got it into their head. Aberdeen are some great side. 
Aberdeen are a hammer throwing yet streetwise long ball side. Um, incidentally, that's what we would be if Derek McInnes was our manager. Think, think about that one. Um, so we we can't get sucked in. Stop treating them with that respect because they they simply don't deserve that element of respect. I want us to go out and play our game. We go out and play our game and we play our way and we worry about us. Then we win tomorrow night probably 4-1, 5-1, maybe 5-0. Um, we treat them with a daft and insane amount of respect, a respect that they absolutely don't deserve and we could be in for a long night. So I hope it's the Rangers that turned up against Kilmarnock at Ibrooks, albeit uh, Kilmarnock had their... Uh, goalie sent off for elbowing uh, Glenn Kamara, then rescinded because elbows are clearly allowed. Um, but if 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 we do that, then we will win and probably win quite handsomely. Um, I share Stuart's concern that we should have bloody learned those lessons by now. Here's me sounding all uh, Mark Warburton uh, all of a sudden. But we yeah, should. But it, it is frustrating because it, it has been continually and. It, it, they must know. I mean, that's you, you can't look at the Rangers-Aberdeen matches a season and not see the pattern, which is when it drops to this level of match, you're not good at that, and they are. That should be the message from the players. However, when it stays a football match, when you dominate by playing football, they can't live with it. Their, their best <laughs> is Graham Shinney, and there's plenty of noise about us potentially being interested in signing him on a three. I would see Graham Shinney being a squad player at, at Ibrox, probably quite a good squad player, but he's not going to walk into that first 11 because our midfield is better than him. And that's the mentality our players have got to have, that we are man for man a better, we're, we're man for man better, and as a squad, we're better, and when we play football, we're better. So go out and bloody do that. Don't fall to their level, because as I say, if we fall to their level... It's going to be a long night. Yeah. Stuart, would you look at maybe making any changes? I mean, I'll be honest, the team that started against Hibs is, I think, probably our best 11. Mm-hmm. Um, no. the, the only other real question would be, do you try and fit Defoe in? Because we're not scoring as many goals as we should be. He's a good finisher. We're missing a lot of chances. But that's the catch-22. It's like, yeah, but if you alter the formation to get Defoe in... You don't make as many chances. That's that's the problem. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm leaning towards trying to get him into the team because I think without him, or yeah, but we're not, we are creating the chances, but we're not taking them, so they're pointless. I think we, we would maybe create less, but I'd feel a lot more confident if he was up there. So I personally would change it. I think I mentioned to, to you privately the other night uh, we beat Aberdeen last season. Um, under Murray, and he changed to a, a four-four-two diamond that night. Played Penny in the hole, and we split the two strikers, and it, and it kind of threw them a wee bit, and they didn't know what to do. Aberdeen are going to play the way they play. They'll have, they'll have they don't change how they play. It's um, if we can throw something different in. Look, if I'm missing all these chances, I think we're especially in our cup quarter final. We need to get our best players into the team, and I think Jermaine Defoe will thrive and especially a partner up front and can take the chances but I can understand why we wouldn't want to change it because when we're on it and we're playing the 4-3-3 when we're playing well we look really good so it's a catch-22 for the manager <laughs> do you know but Hoggy you don't want to go down the route of being Mark Warburton you don't want to go down the route of saying ah but I want us to play this way therefore you do what you can to win the match yeah if, if we're going to play 4-3-3 I think the only change we can make tomorrow night is Defoe comes in and Arfield drops out and Morelos drops back into that kind of attacking midfielder role that, frankly, he grew up as. Um, he grew up as a, an attacking midfielder. I think that's the only change you make because I don't think you're going to drop Ryan Kent because he's one of our biggest creators. You're not going to drop Daniel Kandias because... Yeah, I, by the way, just before anybody gets on and thinks that I was criticising Kent earlier saying he shouldn't be in the team, I think Ryan Kent's brilliant. I just... Hope he can add goals. He's good. That's the only thing missing. I think he's a fantastic player. He wouldn't be out of the team for me. And you know, can can Deus on the other flank, um, 
past few weeks has been very good. He was very good at, uh, at Easter Road. I think he compliments James Tavernier, you know, an awful lot on the right hand side. Um, so I think that's that's the if you're going to play four three three, that's a decision to make. Is it Arfield or is it Defoe that starts? Um, or he could go to four four two. And my only concern with that, David, is then lack of width. And do we get a showing like we got at Rugby Park when we lost? Mm. Uh, lots of questions, but it's a manager's job to answer them. And hopefully Rangers get that and get through to the semi-final. That's almost all from us this week. But uh, every week we like to award uh, our special heart-in-hand trophy, uh, metaphysical trophy, to uh, whoever in football has said or did the stupidest thing in the past week or so, and it's named in honour of the patron saint of football stupidity, John Hartson, who I noticed uh, had ruled himself out of the Celtic job permanently last week. Uh, In that case, so have I, and so has my dog. But uh, we will uh, always award a total Hartson of the week, and I'll start these off, lads. Now, I can overreact to things, right? Online, talking to people... Uh, I remember once, in fact, I stubbed my toe on a wooden table and kicked the table shouting, stupid fucking bastard fucking table, and broke my toe. So I do understand the concept of overreaction. But uh, after the admittedly disgraceful scenes we saw at uh, that we saw at the Birmingham Derby yesterday, uh, a former player by the name of David Cottrell, me neither, told the BBC, we need more security. I am not condoning guns at games, but I think if the police are going to be armed, that is the way forward. Right, mate, like none of us are keen on pitch invaders, but a sniper on the roof to take them down is slightly excessive, in my opinion. I'm sure you're coming from a good place here, mate, but I don't know about you lads, but I really don't want to see coppers with guns at football matches. That, to me, is a recipe for slightly more trouble than we're seeing at most football matches. Yeah, you've only got to look at uh, our, our, our dear chums across the water in America. Um, compare and contrast with Canada, for example, in terms of gun crime. Um, America has got open access to guns and there's loads of gun crime, David. It's almost as if there's a direct correlation. So, Mr. Ah, Cross- as the late, great Bill Hicks said... Um, um, but there's no correlation and you would be a traitor and a communist if you was to suggest that access to guns creating lots of gun crime is somehow linked. Well, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll call myself Hoggy the Red and say he's an arse. Uh, yeah, David Cottrell, sorry mate, but utterly friggin' ridiculous. Hoggy? Um, I'm going to go the obvious one and go back to that same game. What goes through the mind of someone to, in a derby match, where it's already quite a powder keg atmosphere, and the Birmingham derby generally is, it's not like, yeah, it's not like folk taking photos on their camera when Manchester United's... No, it's not a half and half scarves game, that one. No. So, um, and I get it, folk have a bevy. What goes through the mind of someone to run on the park and cowardly, and he was a coward roundhouse punch an opposition player um, incidentally I thought Tammy Abrahams was absolutely going to rip the guy limb from limb but the referee got in the way which was a pity um, that guy's now going to spend the night in the cells and probably get a tone from... I, believe he's, I believe he's been given 14 weeks in jail uh, so he's now got a criminal record if he didn't have one already a prison sentence and he'll lose his job as he walked off blowing kisses to the fans. What an arsehole. Honestly, just, you know, no regard for anything because, as you say, folk don't half like an overreaction. I did listen to Dean Saunders talk about it yesterday, um, and he was talking about uh, making Birmingham have to play away from home for the rest of the season. Uh, that, hmm. that, that'll work. Um and and again, he was trying to be kind of offbeat and, and new ideas, but honestly, the guy running onto the park, hearts of the week, just total fucking brainless, David. Stuart? Um, sticking with the same theme, um, 
destroyed in the same game. <laughs> who decided to? I don't know what, what, why he was in right in front of the police. I don't know if he tried to punch Grealish or he tried to knee him when uh, right. when Grealish scored uh, the winner. He was understandably a bit pumped about this, and he ran to the kind of to the Villa fans and this steward appears to knee him in the back and try to kind of shove him on back onto the pitch with his knee and the cops just grab this guy and let, he wasn't arrested as it turned out but uh, I'm pretty sure isn't a steward anymore <laughs> uh, He gets my vote I thought that was very subtle on Sky in front of the celebrations that he didn't think he'd get caught but there you go Yeah he probably thought oh, I can lay one in here Uh I'm going to go for uh, Hoggy's chap because he's the guy who, who kicked us all off. Uh, and I'll, I'll also throw the one to the fanny at, uh, at Easter Road as well. Um, it's just moronic. There's no excuse. And to the Birmingham fans who cheered the guy, look, I get it's a derby. I get, you know, a bit of black humour, but I, I know that if it was a Rangers fan, um, our boys would have been saying, what a fanny. Um, he's just going to get the club in trouble so yep I'll give it to him okay folks thank you very much for joining us if you like what you hear here then you can join us on Patreon every single day it's patreon.com forward slash heart and hand and uh, you get up to five shows every single day on all things Rangers and a few other subjects as well just one ninety nine per month come and see what all the fuss is about just like to thank our executive producers in London Mr Mike Lee and Paul Myers and thank my two guests absolutely splendid tonight first of all the tremendous Mr Ian Hogg Pleasure, mate, as always. I'd just like to throw into the mix because it's breaking news. And you know how I love my international football. I think I'm the only podder that does. Yes, um, you do. Alfredo Morelos called up by Colombia. Well done. Uh, and also, breaking this evening, as we record, um, Shagger has retired from international duty. Um, so, obviously, getting to 50 caps now means fuck all to Alan McGregor. And um, fuck the SFA. There you go. Yes, absolutely. And my thanks to the wonderful Mr. Stuart McCall. Pleasure, mate. Thanks for having me on. We will be back on Thursday with this week's Heart and Hand Extra covering the Aberdeen match and previewing yet another fucking visit from fucking Kilmarnock. Okay, folks, uh, hope you've enjoyed tonight's show. We'll speak to you again on Thursday. Till then, take care. Bye. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.